everyone has a relationship with music. Most people can use music every day. If you wake up, you're just having a bad day, you can turn on your playlist and, and that works. It's important to note that that's not true for everybody. It's almost like a lot of people can just go work out, do their weight workouts or go for a run and be perfectly healthy. And every now and then you need a physical therapist to come and if you have an injury or an illness, you need some help to find some structure and make sure you're introducing those exercises in a way that's safe for you and your context. And for music, it's exactly the same way. Definitely awesome that everyone has a relationship with music, but it can cause harm, especially in the context that music therapists are practicing. We're using it with veterans who are recovering from PTSD, with children who have attempted suicide, with infants who were born prematurely and are in the neonatal intensive care unit. And in these contexts, you really want someone who knows how to apply music, how it affects the brain, how it affects the mood, how it affects the family dynamic to really make sure you're using it as therapeutically as possible. Did you know there's a Washington State Music Therapy Task Force? We'll be meeting the co-chairs as well as a lobbyist in Washington State. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy and thanks for listening in as we talk with leaders in our community. The Washington Music Therapy Task Force was formed in response to the increased demand for music therapists and the growing need for information about the benefits of music therapy, music therapy scope of practice, and inclusion in healthcare policies so Washington residents know their options when it comes to healthcare services. Since its formation in 2006, this advocacy effort has taken the task force all the way to Olympia to partner with state senators, House representatives, and other state agencies. The Music Therapy Task Force team is made up entirely of music therapists who are passionate about forming community, collaborating with legislators, and standing up for Washington residents' needs. Megumi Azakawa, Evelyn Stagnaro, and Peter Diedrich. Thank you so much for joining us. What I'm going to do is have you each go around and introduce yourself and what you do, and then we'll talk about what music therapy is and the work that you're doing to get it licensed. Thank you so much for having us. My name is Evelyn. I'm a board-certified music therapist. I'm the founder of Life on Music, which is a private music therapy practice serving autistic children in the Seattle area. Our work is providing music therapy groups and individual sessions to children and their families. We work on a lot of things in music therapy. We work on social skills. We work on communication skills. We work on emotional regulation, but we use music interventions to do those things. So we're dancing, we're singing, we're playing instruments. Whatever the kids want to do, whatever the songs they want to do, that is what we will do in music therapy. Music therapy is different from other therapies because it affects the brain very differently. Music has the ability to interact with every area of the brain. So it gives kids a different opportunity to make progress on some of those skills that they're working on, which can be a lot of fun. So I also co-chair the Washington State Music Therapy Task Force, which has worked for over 16 years on getting recognition and scope protection for the music music therapy profession. Um, I've been a part of it for the last five years. And step one of that journey was licensure, getting the state to recognize the MTBC credential, Music Therapist Board Certified, which is a national credential that standardizes the training and education requirements to be a board certified music therapist. Thank you, Evelyn. And I think that's so important because as we know, with any kind of therapy, we want 
the person we're working with to be certified or licensed or something. We don't want to just randomly call someone and they don't have any credentials. I love it that uh, you explain what music therapy is. And it just sounded so fun. Like this is your job. It really is that fun most of the time. Yeah. It's such a joy to be meeting the kids in the in activities that they want to be doing. It's so motivating. It's so structuring. It's really play-based. It really is. Yeah. A lot, a lot of fun. And how many years have you been doing this? I've been a music therapist for over 10 years now. Megumi. My name is Megumi and I'm also a board certified music therapist. And I'm the music therapy coordinator at Tip Brown Music Outreach that's in Tacoma, serving mainly Pierce County areas. And Tip Brown Music Outreach is a nonprofit agency. We have not only music therapy department, but also we have like a summer rock camp for teenagers. But what we do is to provide community music therapy for the areas and so many different needs to serve. We serve school districts to address social emotional learning needs for students from K to 12 to veterans or soldiers who are transitioning out of the military for their psychosocial, psycho-emotional needs. To Evelyn said, we work with children with disabilities as well, older people who have cognitive uh, decline. We serve so many different places and in populations. But music therapy in a nutshell, simplest definition is to use music as a tool to address non-musical but functional daily needs of people. So it could be physical needs, cognitive needs, social needs, psycho-emotional needs. I also work with, personally, as a music therapist, I work with people with Parkinson's, uh, people who uh, experience stroke, brain injury, multiple sclerosis, so that people who might have some uh, physical needs like walking difficulty, using rhythm to gain the coordination. So many different ways to use and the brain really reacts to differently to the music therapy than other therapy interventions. So how long have you been doing this? Uh, well, 12 years and counting. You are both on Washington State Music Therapy Task Force. Yeah, I'm also the co-chair of the uh, Music Therapy Task Force in Washington. Almost each state has this state task force to advocate for state licensure, state recognition. And we've been working since between 2005 and seven. we started working and our predecessors started and we took over around 2017. It's been effort to make, but we, along the way, we gained so much support from different legislators from different areas of the state of Washington and with the help of Peter and Michael, the other consultant. And we pushed the finish line to meet this past April. That is so awesome. Peter, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us uh, what your role is? Sure, Lori. Thank you. And thank you for for having us on the program. That's really great. My name is Pete Diedrich, and I am not a certified or licensed music therapist. And I think it's in the public's best interest that it stay that way. But uh, I am a registered lobbyist in, in Olympia. It's been my pleasure and honor to help Evelyn and Megumi in the the, uh, the task force pursue their licensure quest through the through the state leg- legislature these last few years, and I'm really excited to say that that this year it it got done. It's been been really fun working with them. 
So it got done in April, right? Yes. And so what does that mean? It's done. That means do we still need a task force? That's a really great question. We definitely felt like we reached the top of the mountain. Our number one goal was absolutely achieved. And we had a great moment where we popped some champagne and celebrated with music therapists across the state, come together to celebrate this win. So yeah, it's not the end of the road for the task force and advocacy in Washington. The next steps will be forming an advisory board with the Department of Health who will write the rules and provide the oversight for music therapists. And there's more work to be done after that licensure and getting recognition from the state. Establishing music therapy as a healthcare profession is really just the foundation. One of the problems people who are seeking music therapy services face is getting reimbursed for the service. But right now, most people who want music therapy have to pay out of pocket. So licensure really sets us up to have conversations with insurance companies and third-party payers to help get inclusion of music therapy in those programs so we can increase equitable access to this service. We are definitely taking some time to celebrate this win and celebrate with our community and what this means for us because it's been a huge step, a long time coming, but we definitely have other goals we're looking towards in the future. With the music task force, is it a volunteer position or like, are you always looking to add people to it? It is a volunteer grassroots effort right now. We're absolutely looking for people who would like to join in this advocacy work with us. The Department of Health is also looking for allies, so people who are closely related to music, the work music therapists do, like social workers, occupational therapists, speech therapists, who'd like to be involved in that process. I'm not sure where they could go to um, to find more information about that, but to, they could also email the task force. So our website is music therapy for all, the number four, music therapy for all.com. And they can reach out to us through that website and we can definitely point them in the right direction, whether they'd like to be involved with licensing project that's underway currently or future advocacy projects that we hope to take on in the next year or so. A lot of people don't really know about music therapy. Like, so is it taking on making people more aware? It really does. Yeah. So the advocacy in Olympia is one sort of one pillar of the task force, but another is education. And if you go to the website, musictherapyforall.com, you can actually find some infographics that we put together about music therapy in various sites. So it's not comprehensive by any means, but if there are people out there that would like to know what music therapy looks like in special education or in mental health or for seniors, you can go there and learn more. Before we started, Pete and I had a chance to talk. Pete, can you tell us what brought you to this work to be able to help and support them. My sister-in-law had a, a catastrophic stroke at uh, the age of 28, and she lost almost all of her body functions and ability to speak. And it was the music therapist at the hospital in Portland that really brought her back from the edge, allowed her to communicate attend family functions. Again, my other sister-in-law, my wife's little sister, was so inspired by that that she became a music therapist. And and that's how I got involved. Megumi and the, the, the task force was, was looking for some help in Olympia, and they had a connection through through my sister-in-law, which which turned into conversations with me, and we, we haven't really looked back. That's awesome. And so I would ask you the same thing. Evelyn, what brought you to this work? I came to the work through the music world. So I was a professional percussionist for a brief time. I studied percussion performance as my initial jump into my career path and absolutely loved it until I realized that I'm actually a people person and I need to be working with people, interacting with people. And there was 
more with music that I knew was happening than just the entertainment value that I was providing performing on a stage, which was absolutely a thrill. And there's definitely value in entertainment just for itself. But I was really interested in taking music and learning how to really target it towards specific goals. And I found a really great fit working with autistic kids and neurodivergent community and using music to target different life skills within that. And yeah, like I think Megumi said, I I haven't looked back since. It's been an awesome fit and just hearing families on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, say my kid lights up in music therapy and ways that they don't Otherwise, this is the first time I've seen my kids smile. This is the first time I've seen my kids say my name. I once had a mom who said, this is the first time my child said, I love you. Being in a position to provide families with those moments and just watch the magic unfold has just been such a joy. And I just absolutely love being able to provide this for these families and and give the families these tools to use these things at home. So designing interventions that work for them at home, that work for their kids so that they have these tools every day, even when they're not inside the music therapy session. And Megumi, what brought you to this work? A couple of decades ago, I moved to U.S. I'm originally from Japan. And the first job I did was a a nursing assistant in the Alzheimer's dementia residence. I knew of or about music therapy, and I'm a musician, of course, but I didn't know how to connect dots back then. But one day I was serving a resident who was later stage of dementia, and then she was not combative to me when I was asking her to do or do certain things, but she couldn't comprehend what I was trying to help her with. And one day my assignment was at the time was to bathe her, to help her bathe. And she didn't know how to take clothes off by herself, going to the bathroom before going to take a shower. So I started humming a song, a folk song, side by side. And I didn't know back then that words. I just knew the melody. And that lady who couldn't speak with me, converse with me, started singing the entire two verses of the song. And then after that... She was more responsive to what I was asking her to do. And then so I could a little bit more easily help her. And then she was taking shower with, with my help and then was able to go to bed after that. I was like, what's this? There gotta be a profession to do this. I started looking into applying for schools and yeah, I haven't looked back since then, became a music therapist few years later. As you know, your colleague, Diana Rose, who works with me here at Warm 106.9, loves music and has been in the industry for so many years. She just finished up her education as doing music therapy. And it's been so amazing to watch that journey and Mm -hmm. see the difference. And I think what really hit me, what you said, Evelyn, is like, it's really great to entertain people with music because we love music. I mean, we here at the radio station, we have concerts coming in all the time and everybody wants to go hear the music. But to think that there is this deeper level of connection and what Megumi said, when somebody is elderly and they've forgotten, but yet they don't forget the music, that just... To me, that is so powerful. It absolutely is. Yeah, it's so amazing. So one of my favorite pieces of trivia that I love to share is that music is the only activity that stimulates every area of the brain at once. And I think I like to imagine, I think whether or not you've played music in your past, you can imagine being part of a band or an orchestra and imagine playing the trumpet, for example. And I mean, if you just think about all the parts of the brain that are involved in that process, you've got, you know, one hand pushing the keys down, one hand holding your instrument up, 
you're reading notes on a page, which is a really complicated language that your brain is processing in real time. Oftentimes you are listening across the ensemble to find your place in the music as part of something greater. You're watching a conductor oftentimes to follow live cues to get louder, to get softer. And most of the time you're actually trying to communicate an emotional context outside of that, even if it's something like this is a sad song or this is a happy song. And you're doing that all at once, moment by moment, with a group of people. It's so powerful. The cool thing about being a music therapist is really getting an understanding of how that is possible and how to apply that for people who have had a brain injury or a stroke or a learning difference. Use that to bypass damaged or underdeveloped parts of the brain to give people a better opportunity to learn these life skills. It's absolutely possible. And music is a really unique modality that's different from any other modality. We've been hearing over the years about neuroplasticity and that we can change our brain because for so long it was thought if something was wrong with your brain, too bad for you, you can't change it. So the fact that you can use music to not only get past some of these things, but also to like almost reprogram is just amazing. What was your process when you decided Uh, This is what I want to do. Then what? Step one is at least a bachelor's degree. So music therapy is its own degree um, that you can study all the way up through the PhD level. Um, Seattle Pacific University has the only music therapy program in the state of Washington where I was adjunct professor for the last year, which is a wonderful, wonderful really rigorous program with lots of incredible clinical opportunities available for students. And then it's a six-month supervised internship. And then you are qualified to sit for the board certification exam, which is the process for becoming a music therapist. And then, of course, like all the healthcare professions are continuing education requirements after that. So every five years, you're required to get, I should know because I'm up for recertification this year, a hundred continuing education hours. You get certified, then you get licensed. Is that how it works? In two years, in 2025, every board certified music therapist of the state of Washington must be licensed. So yeah, it's not like a automatic process just because of certification. You need to go the process through the state to be licensed. Unless you are MTBC board certified music therapist, I don't think you are eligible to be licensed. Okay. So first you go to school, you get the certification, and then once licensing is established in 2025, then they will also then go through the licensing Mm -hmm. uh, process. Important piece of the licensing legislation is now that in the state of Washington, you'll be required to to jump through those hoops to have that appropriate training to practice and it'll Mm -hmm. protect patients. Peter touched on a really important point that the reason we wanted to bring those standards, we have those standards, educational clinical standards by certification board, uh, certification board of the music therapists set by them to be board certified music therapists for us. However, music is powerful, really processing in the brain, bring about so many different emotions maybe. Then if we were using this as a therapy, then we music therapists who are providing those services need to know what might happen, what may not happen. And if that happens, how we can accommodate for that. So we need to have those education and critical training so that the safety, the public safety of the clients are ensured. So to do so, licensing is a very important piece. If you are a board certified music therapist, 
Are you a licensed therapist? They're completely separate. So the training and education to be a music therapist includes some training in psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, and human development, um, but it's not the same as a psychologist or a licensed mental health counselor. Yeah, the license for music therapist will just be to practice music therapy within the scope of practice for music therapists set by the certification board for music therapists. Somebody listening says, I need a music therapist. What's the best way to find one? There are a few websites that we could go through. I mean, you can always ask us musictherapyforall.com just to shoot up email and then we can find a music therapist or just a defer who might be available in the area or a specialty. But there are two ways for sure. One is the American Music Therapy Association. That's our national association's website. If the music therapists are under this AMTA's members, then you can just search function to just specify Washington State to find them. Other one is the certification board for the music therapist, cbmt.org. You can find the music therapist there. They don't have a contact information listed, but you can find who they are and you can actually ask their contact information to CBMT after that. I'll just add to that. A, a Google search will go a long way. Yeah. And I just encourage people to yeah. uh, just search for music therapists near me and just make sure you've found somebody who has that MTBC credential, music therapist board certified is, mm-hmm. is what you're looking for. Thank you so much for, for giving us a chance to talk about music yes. therapy, for the work we do, for the advocacy we do. This is such a great space to, I think, explain the amazing music therapy service that's happening here. And the future of it in healthcare. Thank you so much for having us. In the end, Magomi and Evelyn did such a great job on this that they had unanimous support in the legislature. Once we talk politics these days, you know, how often can you talk about something that doesn't have any opposition? This is one of those things. And it's been very fun to be part of it. A lot of people think they love music and they know it makes a difference. And that's all nice and good. But also, I like what Megumi said, it could stir something. Like, what if it just stirred a great sadness? And so you're a therapist and you can take that next step. That is a good point. Everyone has a relationship with music. And I think that's so wonderful. And most people can use music every day. You know, if you wake up, you're just having a bad day, you can turn on your playlist and and that works. I think it's important to note that that's not true for everybody. It's almost like a lot of people can just go work out, do their weight workouts or go for a run and be perfectly healthy. And every now and then you need a physical therapist to come. And, you know, if you have an injury or an illness, you need some help to find some structure and make sure you're introducing those exercises in a way that's safe for you and your context. And for music, it's exactly the same way. So it's definitely awesome that everyone has a relationship with music, but it can cause harm, especially in the context that music therapists are practicing. We're using it, yeah, with veterans who have are recovering from PTSD, with children who have attempted suicide, with infants who were born prematurely and are in the neonatal intensive care unit. And in these contexts, you really want someone who knows how to apply music, how it affects the brain, how it affects the mood, how it affects the family dynamic to really make sure you're using it as therapeutically as possible. Brilliant. So because of the end therapy, we assess and then see people's strengths and needs instead of just bringing this might be working for you just because we think it's good. We, we don't ever do that. And then, so we have goals to 
will achieve or goal to me because people are coming here for a reason using music to do the therapy for themselves. So it's not a chance use. It's always from us, it's deliberate. And it's interactive, of course, so that like what kind of music is very important to use. I always kind of talk about myself like I came from Japan and I've never thought about singing Johnny Cash daily <laughs> for my line of work. Uh, I enjoy singing for the reasons for work, but that was not something. But that's not because I wanted to sing necessarily because the clients needs and wants, and that helps them to meet where they want to be. So that's very important. I love that. I love how you say it's so intentional and directed. Here's a little glimpse into Evelyn's music therapy vlog. Welcome to the Life on Music blog, a blog about music therapy and ways to use music to improve our everyday lives. Music therapists have been using music and music activities like singing, songwriting, instrument playing, and listening for over 40 years to help people live better lives. And I think we've kept the secrets for too long. My name is Evelyn. I'm a board-certified music therapist, a certified neurologic music therapist, and a certified neonatal intensive care unit or NICU music therapist. I've been practicing in the field as a music therapist with babies right after birth in the NICU, with older adults and people at end of life, and everything in between. Music therapy can improve our mood, especially in people with depression. It can decrease symptoms of anxiety. Music therapy can teach social and communication skills to people with autism. It improves attention for people with ADHD. Music therapy can promote emerging developmental skills in infants and children, even assisting with big transitions like potty training. Music therapy can help older adults with dementia and Alzheimer's maintain the skills they need for everyday living, like standing and walking. I just use music to help myself remember where I parked the car at Target. One of my favorite things about music therapy is that it benefits all types of people, all ages, all walks of life. Basically, if you're a human living on Earth, there's probably a way to use music to make your life better. Music therapists have been practicing and researching the effects for years, and I'm going to write it all down so you can use it at home. If you're in the Seattle area and you think hiring a music therapist could add value to your life or your workplace, check out Life on Music. Otherwise, check out musictherapy.org to find a music therapist near you. Well, this has been so entertaining and also educational. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Such a pleasure. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.